Praise the Lord, saints. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews with my wife, Janet Matthews, of Truth Ministries out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. To learn everything about us, go to our website at www.truthministries.info. We are here at WCKG 1530 AM and 102.3 FM out of Elmhurst, Illinois, every Sunday, live, 830 to 9. Join us. Until then, enjoy the show. Praise the Lord, saints. We are live. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews of Truth Ministries. We are here, WCKG, uh, 1530 AM and 102.3 FM out of Elmhurst, Illinois. We are a ministry out of Bolingbrook, Illinois, so if you want to know about us, Google us at Truth Ministries out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. Uh, this has been a trying week for us at Truth Ministries. Uh, quite a few of my friends have le loved ones that died to this week, uh, have uh, family members in the hospital, and I would like to send out my condolences to my friends that lost loved ones this week. So, and the other ones that are in the hospital, get well soon from Truth Ministries. Praise God. Get your Bibles. Come along with us in this journey into truth. We're still on the, the subject of allegory. Allegory defined a symbol, a symbol that is a symbolic representation of the real thing. The whole Bible is an allegory. And today's lesson, we're going to get into the allegory of two salvations, one of the flesh and one of the spirit. Notice in Romans 9 and 8, Paul says, these that are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Let's go right into 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, this is a very crucial understanding you get what this word say. It says every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, through the mouth of every individual, either the Spirit can speak or the soul can speak. And notice this Bible says, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. But the soul can confess any and every time Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. So just because it's coming out of someone's mouth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh doesn't mean that that's the spirit confessing that Jesus Christ is coming in flesh. So therefore, a soul of the person can confess Jesus Christ is coming in flesh, but the spirit does not have to. So a person confess Jesus Christ is coming in flesh can still have the wrong spirit of error. First John 4 and 3, and every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh 
every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome who? There's two of everything. There are three categories. Christianity only see two categories, saints and sinners. Believers are not believers. But the Bible says there's three categories. That's why Christ said in Revelation 3 to the church, he said, I would rather you, church, be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. So there's a category that is in church, that is flesh, and that is in Christ. Romans 8 and 1, therefore now there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans 8 and 1 is telling us we can be in Christ Jesus and still be condemned because we're walking after the flesh. Now the flesh, to find out what it really means, you have to look it up in the Hebrew and in Greek. In Hebrew, Flesh, the word for flesh is basar. But basar has two meanings, one of a noun and one is a verb. A noun, person, place of thing. A verb is an action behind it. So and in the Greek, flesh has four meanings. Sarks, soma, pursuit, pneuma. Sarks is the fleshly body that's going to go back to dirt. Soma body is the body of sin, which is Satan's DNA. Now, we would have to go back to reference the soma body by Cain and Abel. Both Cain and Abel were both believers. Both Cain and Abel were serving God. But yet God did not accept the servitude of Cain, but he accepted the servitude of Abel. If you go back and read Cain and Abel, God didn't just have a problem with his offering. God had a problem with Cain. Because when you serve in God through that soma body, which is known as the old man, when you look at when Adam and Eve sinned, when Satan tempted them, he said, you should not surely die. God does know in the day that you eat thereof, ye shall become as gods or like God, knowing good and evil. Now, this is a state of mankind that God did not want Adam and Eve and none of us to fall into. So therefore, when Adam and Eve both disobeyed God, who told them, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and Satan wanted them to eat, so it began with disobedience. And once they disobeyed, the Bible said their eyes were opened. The eyes of the soma body, which is Satan's DNA, was opened. A dual nature was birthed. So in Christianity, when it said Jesus died for our sins, 
Which one of us did Jesus die for? There's the old man and the new man. Adam sinned not as the old man. Adam sinned as the new man. Because when Christ breathed in the nostrils of man, man became a living soul. So when Adam disobeyed, he disobeyed as a living soul. And then the dead soul man came alive. So the member, the title of the lesson is allegory. Two salvations, one of flesh, one of spirit. The whole Bible is describing this allegory. Allegory defined as a symbolic representation of the real thing. So therefore, when Adam sinned, he walked, began to walk in the old man. And then when Christ showed up and it said, Adam, where art thou? We don't see the devil's voice speaking to Adam, hide, here comes God. We don't see that side. But with the, the Bible in 1 John is referring to, believe not every spirit. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. The Bible says, try the spirit with the spirit to see if it is of God. But you first got to get the right spirit. So therefore, the title of the lesson, the allegory of two salvations, one of the flesh, the other of the spirit. Allegory defined a symbolic representation of the real thing. So notice when Christ showed up, and he began to deal with the disobedience of first the serpent, then the woman, then the man. So therefore, when he said to the serpent, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. When God was talking about thy seed, he wasn't talking to the serpent. He was talking to Satan that used the serpent. Now, mind you, when Jesus died for the sins of the new man, there is no salvation in the flesh. As long as you're in that soma body, you cannot get salvation. As long as we're in that soma body, everything we do for God, he does not accept. That's why Matthew 7, 21, 22, 23, mind you, the whole Bible is describing an allegory, two gospels, two doctrines, two kingdoms, two covenants from Abraham, one of the flesh, one of the spirit, one through Ishmael, one through Isaac, two born agains. There's two of everything. Why? Because in Isaiah 14 and 14, when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, he said, I would ascend to the highest to be like the most high. So if God make a gospel, Satan made a gospel. God made a man, Satan made a man. God made a doctrine, Satan made a doctrine. The foundation of the whole Bible is talking about this allegory. And we are in the wrong heaven, the wrong earth being ruled by the wrong heaven. We must be overcomers of this world. There's two worlds. There's two systems, two of everything. Back to 1 John 4, 4 and 4. 
Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. There's two worlds. Now we told you in past shows, the Greek word for world is cosmos. Cosmos defined is order. The synonym of order is sequence. Sequence means there's an order of things that happen. Every, there's a motive. There's a motto. Everything has a sequence of things that happen to get to the core of happening. For example, the Bible said in James, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust is conceived, it brings about sin. When sin is run its course, it brings about death. That's a sequence of events that happens when you sin. And even before you get to sin, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and is enticed. When lust is conceived, it brings about sin. And sin is run its course, it brings about death. There's a sequence to even be saved. There are two salvations, one of the flesh, one of the spirit. So therefore, the foundation of Christianity to be saved is Romans 10 and 9, that if you confess with thy mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you saved, you filled with the Holy Spirit, you sealed, you saved. That's the foundation of Christianity, the salvation of the flesh, which is a symbolic representation of the true salvation. Now, Matthew 24, 13 says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, let's, want, let's get a witness to that. And that witness is the true meaning of Romans 10 and 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So the false foundation of the false salvation is if you just do this one thing, just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, you say, that's it, that's all. That's a lie. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, and Romans 10 and 9, well, I'll look at that real quick to clarify. Let's get an understanding and back up what we're saying by the word of God. Romans 10 and 9, he says, okay, 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So there's a continuation of salvation. That's just one part of the sequence that must, of, that, that must be added to something that leads to the foundation of salvation. Romans 10 and 10. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So one salvation of Christianity is that if you just do this one thing, you save right now, and then you stop. You stop your salvation. You stop pursuing salvation, 
and people get into a rotation, a routine. I go to church every Sunday. I pay my tithes and offerings. I read my Bible. I pray. I'm saved. But Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. These things shall be added unto you. So that's lining up with the true salvation. There's a continuation. He that endures to the end shall be saved. So once you do the salvation of the flesh, you confess, you saved, and you stop. And you go into a routine. I pay my tithes and offerings. I go to church. I go to work. I got my career. I pay my tithes and offerings. I go to Bible study. You go into a routine, which is a giant circle. When salvation is supposed to be precept upon precept upon precept, line upon line upon line, you actually stop and get comfortable. Many churches have people that have their seat in their pew in their church. They don't do nothing else for the kingdom of God. And salvation, the Bible said, faith without works is dead. But the false salvation says, you don't have to work for your salvation. But the Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God ordained for us to walk in them. I give you another example of an allegory, a symbolic representation of the real thing. Let's go to Matthew. Uh, Matthew uh, 25. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 25. The whole Bible is telling you about an allegory. This is the foundation of the entire Bible. Matthew 25 and 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, went forth to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Christ. This is what Christians call the rapture period. But the Bible calls it the marriage supper. Ten virgins are symbolic of the church. Matthew 25 and 2. The five and five of them were wise and five were foolish. He that wins souls is wise. There's a separation of the allegory, the separation of the two salvations, the salvation of the flesh, the salvation of the spirit. The enemy has an agenda to build the church that will get married to the Christ, but it's not going to happen. There are two salvations, one of the spirit of error, the other of the spirit of truth. One in the allegory of the two covenants, one through the allegory of the covenant of the flesh through Ishmael, the other one through the covenant of from Abraham through Isaac through the spirit. Two of everything. The title of the lesson is the allegory of two salvations. Matthew 25 and 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So right at the end, right now, there's a separation happening. The wheat from the tares. Remember, Christianity can't see three categories. But Peter said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? 
there's three categories. Christians only see two categories, believers, non-believers, saints and sinners. The Bible says there's three categories. The devil and Satan got two sides, one of sin, the other of iniquity, one of evil, one of darkness. Darkness and iniquity has set up headquarters in the Church of Jesus Christ today. For example, I was taught the world is a system outside the church of non-believers. The Bible tells us the world was made by God and for God. And the world knew him not. God came unto his own, his own received him not. So you telling me God made unbelievers? and God made people sinners? No. The world is a system of believers with two categories in it. One of the flesh, one of the spirit. When Satan was cast out of heaven to the earth to deceive the whole world, the world is a system of believers. The Sikhs, the Hindus, the people in Judaism, the New Testament is not talking to them. The New Testament Bible is talking to the church of Jesus Christ. And in the church of Jesus Christ, there are two of everything. It's super duper deceptive. Matthew 25 and 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered. Now remember they were on one accord, ten, ten virgins. But at the end, five were wise and five were foolish. There's a separation. The five wise took oil in their vessels with them. The five foolish had an opportunity to take oil in their vessels but did not. The oil is symbolic of the anointed one or the kingdom of God. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. So there was a voice that commanded all 10. The voice said, go out to meet the bridegroom. Five obeyed, five disobeyed. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. So we see that the five foolish were straight up carnal. The five wise were spiritual. The five foolish were led by the spirit of error because their mind had not been transformed. They had a carnal mind. The carnal mind is enmity against God. But the five wise had the spirit, the mind of Christ, because they heard the spirit, and now they obeyed the spirit, but now they're tempted right at the end from the five foolish. Matthew 25 and 8. The foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Verse 9. But the wise answered and said, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. These are believers. Two categories of believers. 
expecting to get into the marriage supper, expecting eternal life. But right at the end, the five foolish came to the door because of disobedience and being led by the spirit of error, not by the spirit of truth, Matthew 25 and 12. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. So therefore, line that up with Matthew 7, 21, 22, 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father in heaven. So therefore, to get into the kingdom of heaven, you have to do something. There's a reason why God put us on this earth to fulfill a spiritual mission. If you do not do the work, which is the will of God, you cannot inherit eternal life. And that's what salvation one in the flesh is telling you. All you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You seal with the Holy Spirit and you say, that is a lie. The whole Bible is contradicting that. There's a continuation of salvation. I'm not saved. You're not saved until you hear those words after your death. Job well done, thou good and faithful servant. Job well done, thou good and faithful servant. If there's no work involved in your salvation, why are we expecting to hear those words from Christ? Job well done, thou good and faithful servant. Job well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why are we expecting to hear those words? He that, uh, uh, he that, devil loose me, let me go in the name of Jesus. He that wins souls is wise. There is a salvation. There are work involved in your salvation. When God saves you and you begin to seek the kingdom of God, he has many people in mind for whom he foreknew. He predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son, that you might be the firstborn among many brethren. There's an allegory of everything. Notice he said in Matthew 25 and 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man traveling into far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. I thank God for you working with us and living and hearing us today. Praise God. I am Pastor Andre Matthews of Truth Ministries. Today's lesson is the allegory of two salvations. There's a salvation that says you save today and you don't have to do nothing else. Just live the best you can and just say, oops, forgive me, Lord. Oops, forgive me, Lord. But then there's a true salvation that's telling you you can live a life on this earth without sin. We can. That's why he said, walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible said when Jesus met the woman at the well, what did he tell her? Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. If you cannot live a life on this earth without sin, why did God say we can? So therefore, the title of the lesson is two salvation, the allegory, two salvations. The allegory defined as a symbolic representation of the real thing. Check us out at www.truthministries.info. I'm Pastor Andre Matthews with my wife. We are here live at 1530 AM WCKG every Sunday morning, 830 to 9. Inspect your salvation, people. Look at the foundation the enemy is, is hiding in the small print. Was Jesus God, the Son of God, or was he a man, or was he all three? The Bible said Jesus was a man.
religion say Jesus was God or the Son of God and all man, all God. No. The Bible says in Acts 2.22, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, approved of God by signs and miracles that God did by him. He was a man, not the Son of God either. You've been listening to Pastor Andre Matthew. Till next time, be blessed.